This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightfulwrestling.com. Fightful.com, you may notice things a little bit different. I'm up here in this corner. Denise is down there, and I don't know which way to point, but she's in a different corner trying to zoom out the shots. We'll have a pretty canvas up there next time, don't you worry. But I am joined by Denise. Denise, it is very humbling to have the second best hair on a podcast for once, but that's where I am in life. Uh, You had had an eventful week, too. I was telling you off the air, congratulations on your award. Thank you so much. By the way, I'm so glad you mentioned the hair part because I curled my hair specifically for the show. You should have seen me two hours ago. And I like literally twirled around in front of my fiance. And I was like, hey, what do you think? Better than AJ Styles? And he's like, no. And I was like, dang. I I hated it because I have a beard and I was growing out my hair. I always got the AJ comparisons. And I'm like, no. Like the brown hair, the waviness. I see it. I see it. Oh, it's tragic. But we have Monday Night Raw to talk about. We got lots of wrestling to talk about. There's a lot going on in the wrestling world right now. And uh, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com is the place to bring you guys uh, all that news. But we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw right now. Uh, Denise, we had quite a bit of stuff this week. Uh, A top contender match. The Fiend showed up. But I think a lot of it was setting the stage for next week's season premiere. I know. The season premiere, I was like, all right, so this makes it the season finale. Okay, I get where we're going now. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, they wouldn't say season finale tonight. They would just say season premiere next week, season premiere next week. So uh, whatever, we'll be all right. But Seth Rollins comes out. He talks a little bit about The Fiend, talks a little bit about Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman welcomes him uh, in his own Braun Strowman sort of way. And I kind of like the Braun Strowman line with Bray Wyatt. I'm not out here playing Mr. Rogers with puppets. I love that. That's a type of line that that Braun, like a lot of people, you don't want them to like minimalize what Bray's doing. But for Braun, I think it's perfect. You know what? And it was funny too because when this when when Seth Rollins came out, Seth Rollins came out and he was cutting this promo. I was like, you know what? I really want Seth to push that fear more, though. I kind of felt that that was one of the things that was lacking in this promo was I didn't fear I didn't feel that Seth Rollins feared the Fiend as much as he does in the, in, la, in last week's closing segment and even tonight's closing segment. So that was one of the things where I was like, you know what? I really would have loved to see that a little bit more. But then when Braun Strowman came out. He kind of brought, like, I don't know, kind of brought me back into place with that. And when he said that Mr. Rogers line, I was like, done, sold. This is hilarious. Guys, a reminder, if you want to donate a Super Chat, you can get your questions or statements read on the air. Or if you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, I'll answer as many questions as you guys want over there this week. I got it going next week as well. Plenty of stuff over there to keep you satisfied at FightfulSelect.com as well. Uh, Rollins and Strowman go back and forth until they just like decide they're wrestling tonight. Like, what if there was? What if the the show was booked already? What if everything was laid out? What kind of situation would they be in? I think we see that all the time, though, right? Yeah. Just like, just ignore it. 
Yeah, it's like, like this. This is where an authority figure of some type would be handy. But the thing is, WWE always leans a little too heavily into those authority figures, and it, it ends up uh, wearing out its welcome like pretty quickly. And 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 they can't have that. That's that's not worth it. So uh, it does make a little bit more sense, or not a little bit, a lot more sense than them just deciding matches on the fly among wrestlers. Because if that were the case. I'd be trying to book myself championship matches every single week. Like, why Why wouldn't you? But right. um, they ran back the Clash of the Champions match already. This happened a, a little bit tonight. We saw some rematches and all that. But uh, there's also a five-way this week for a title shot. So you have the champion with a lot of things on his docket already. You have Braun Strowman. You have the winner of a five-way. And you have The Fiend. I think they got to work that in where Rollins might be a little overwhelmed at this point. I think so. Like, so I have like a whole theory opinion, but I'm going to save it towards the end because it would make more sense to say. But I'll just go ahead and give a head start that that would be um, ideal of an excuse, per se, if Seth Rollins were to lose his belt. That could be a play on that. Yeah, and it would make a lot of sense. I mean, usually they don't book all this stuff simultaneously. So I kind of like this. It's, It's a different aspect, and I mean... They they are implying heavily that it will be Rollins against The Fiend because that's the way they've built all this. But I'm not writing off Rey Mysterio just yet. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, the OC have some new music. What would you think of that? You know what's funny? It took me a second to realize that. I actually didn't realize it until I saw your tweet, and I was like, wow, where was my head at? And then I reheard it, and I was like, oh, I like it. Edgy. Yeah, it, it was a little bit different. It, it at least gives us the impression that WWE is is going to stick with the OC, which is something they needed to do, and they wouldn't do until Gallows and Anderson re-signed. It it is so, so overdue to have these two guys, these two very entertaining guys, involved in something. And this match with the Viking Raiders, I keep on wanting to call them the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders, uh, it's been built a little bit. And the crowd reacted accordingly. I was very happy with how how well the crowd reacted to this match, Denise. You know, one of the things I want to mention about the Viking Raiders is, first of all, besides the fact that I love them and they're one of my favorite things to watch, one of my favorite parts of Raw is that I've noticed that no matter what they're given, whatever they have to do, whether it's beat down some some jobbers, you know, on Raw or, you know, actually have, you know, you know, a competitive tag team match, whatever it is that they're given, they go and they do their very very best and they're very entertaining and with no matter what they tend to get over with the crowd and today was just a perfect example of that and I actually think that they gave Allos, Gallows and Anderson uh, one of their best matches in a really really long time so uh, a good match exciting and I'll you know, I'll mention something else later on I'm like saving everything <laughs> I'm like okay well I want to mention this I want to mention that I need to figure out what parts of the show I want to talk about this and but but literally, I really I can't put over I can't put them over enough, and I think this was a real good matchup, and I would like to see it continue. Yeah, the Viking Raiders are over. Like I wondered if it was just last week's crowd. I wondered if it was maybe just that offense. No, they're over. What WWE did apparently worked. Uh, you know, I thought they were beating jobbers a little bit too long, but it worked. They're over. It's just it's simple. That's it's simple. They yeah. go out there and they're impressive. And when something's impressive, like regardless of what they're doing or what they've been doing in the past, it's gonna get over with people, I think. And again, Eric slamming Ivar onto his opponent got a great pop, a great reaction. 
Uh, AJ Styles gets booted from the match. I'm a big fan of Ivar doing that that side slam where he just falls forward instead of down to his ass. I like that. Uh, the Viking Raiders just, again, big pops. There was like this, the corner senton that, that Ivar does where he just, he basically throws an airborne Bronco Buster at somebody's face. I love it. It really works. Eric kicks out of the boot of doom and they win with the Viking experience. This is promising. If you're WWE, you got to think that you hit a home run right here with the Viking Raiders. For sure. 100%. Also, sorry to interrupt. How did they not send them to the Vikings versus Raiders game yesterday? How did yes, they screw that exactly, up? Exactly. Exactly. You got Rey Mysterio out there being called Nacho fucking Libre. Pardon my language. But they couldn't send the Viking Raiders to the Vikings versus Raiders game. Hmm. Dude, so many, many questions on that. I don't even want to get started. I, I, I'm just like, the whole day today, I'm sorry, but I had that in the back of my mind every single time Rey Mysterio the, came. I was like, oh, look, Nacho Libre. This is so disappointing. That was, that was a bummer. And I saw some people say, oh, it's not the NFL analyst's job to do that. Yeah, it is. It is the NFL analyst's job to promote other things on that network because that's a part of the deal. That's part of NFL's deal with Fox. Well, not only that, a person's job as an analyst, and you know this, you know, for yourself, is you have to know stuff. You have to just, if you don't know, research, quick Google search. I don't know. Do something. Get a talking point. Talk to their publicist. There are ways. And I thought that the the approach, it, it was very condescending. I don't think it was, I don't think he meant harm. I think that's probably the only wrestling that he knew. But, I mean, if that's all that you know, ah, I don't know. I don't want to judge the guy too much, but woof, that was bad. Young Bibby says, do you think we're getting Bailey versus Carmella at Hell in a Cell or a triple threat with Charlotte? Did Carmella turn heel or still a babyface? Carmella is a babyface all the way right now. We'll talk more about that later. No, I don't think we're getting that at Hell in a Cell based on uh, what happened tonight. But uh, thank you very much for the super chat. We have several more. Matt Thomas says, one, shout out to Wildboy. Yes, our friend Wildboy is back. And number two, you are so tall. Yes, I am the tallest person around. Um, I, I just want everybody to know how tall I am. Wildboy sent one saying, thank you, SRS, and my Fightful family for all the love and support. Welcome to Fightful, Denise. Big fan thank of you. yours. Look at that. Oh, you're, thank you're, you. You got, you got your fans over here. Aaron J's fan says, Lacey Evans is great working Canada. Let's go ahead and talk about that. All right, let's jump into it. Okay, so I, uh, I know that's later on in the show, but one of the things I do want to add is that Lacey Evans is improving. I think that after her whole pre program with Becky Lynch was done, many of us thought that that's it. She was done. She was exposed. She wasn't, you know, we talked about this last week, how, you know, she sort of brought down the Becky Lynch hype, essentially, with that seg with that program that they worked. She wasn't as hot as she was prior. We spoke about this already. But you know what? Kudos to Lacey Evans. She seems to be really getting back up there. Improving in the ring and definitely devoted to her character. Now, over the weekend... She posted a video of her getting pulled over by the Royal Mounted Canadian Police and issued a citation. And in character, she referred to herself as Lacey Evans, not Lacey Estrella or Macy Estrella, whatever her real name is. And she cut a promo on the cop. And the Mounted Canadian Police said, oh, no, or at least to news departments who were taking this very seriously. She got ratioed on Twitter even for this, which is harsh, harsh. 
They said, no, we didn't have anything to do with it. Well, then after all the backlash today, she came out and she said, yes, it was a, it was a gimmick. It was planned. Uh, the police officer agreed to it. And hey, he was a good sport about it. It was, it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good and, and it utilized her character really well. Thing is, Denise, sometimes, as we've seen with Kenny Omega, these people are in character every time there's a camera around. What, how do you feel about that, the approach she took and the backlash that she received? You know, honestly, I think it depends on the situation. For example, as a journalist, I don't like when I do an interview with somebody and they are in character mm -hmm. because I don't like that. I, I just personally don't. I'm here to have a serious conversation with you about your professional wrestling career or whatever we're going to talk about that day. But when it's certain things where it's okay, you know, this cop agrees to do something funny with me. Hey, you know what? You know what? You're thinking outside the box. So why not? So I think that's my sort of train of thought. It really just depends on the situation. So I know you've interviewed a lot of wrestlers, and specifically I saw where you had interviewed a lot of WOW wrestlers, and sometimes they'll have them in character doing that stuff. Uh, there are some people, like Silas Young, I was like, you know what, anything that I talk to him about would be better in his manly man character. Broken Matt Hardy, Big Money Matt, I, I was like, okay, I can get something better there. MJF, I don't, I don't know if he's a character or not, but whatever he does, that, that's what works best for me. But you're right, a lot of times when, say, Kenny Omega last week with Sports Kita, he said all that stuff, and then he implied this week that it was under character, but then doubled down on that by staying in character even more on being the elite. It's a slippery slope with a lot of these people, because this isn't Tyson Smith and, and Macy Estrella, it's Lacey Evans and Kenny Omega. And the best way that I can tell people is that workers work, and you have to always assume that they are working, but disseminate that information as best you can. But, man, she got some heat for that. They didn't even mention it on Raw tonight, and I was shocked they didn't mention it on Raw. That's insane. No, I totally get what you mean. And, you know, I think it's also up to us as fans to be able to intelligently be able to say, all right, this guy, he was obviously in character or, you know, you know, he's a straight shooter and this, he's talking to me how it really is. So I think that sometimes you just have to find that line. One of our old uh, co-hosts, Alex's uh, perpetual questions was, where does Ember Moon fit into all this? And... Tonight, it was on the floor looking at the lights. She got beat by Lacey Evans. I thought they had a pretty good match. Uh, as you mentioned, improving, especially in the ring. Now, a lot could be uh, said about that sharpshooter, but hey, Natalia said that. She literally it said... It ended up working out, though. I, yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, forget everything I was originally thinking. But then when they played it off, I was like, okay, this is going to you know play into their feud. Yeah, a lot of people saying, oh, that match sucked because of that sharpshooter. And I was like, well... Whether Natalia was supposed to say that or not, she said she's got a long way to go with that sharpshooter. Okay, you covered for it. It worked. Uh, there were some like really good snug strikes from Ember Moon that I liked. I love Lacey's slingshot dropkick into the ring. Natalia is watching on. Uh, Lacey had a really nice foot sweep while Ember was on the apron. I dug that too. And then you see a modified eclipse outside. I did not see that coming where Ember was hanging outside the ropes uh, swung around, hit that on on Lacey, but ultimately Ember falls victim to the women's right and the sharpshooter. They're running back Natalia and Lacey. Do you think that's the right thing to do right now? And do you think that beating Ember 
right now, just ahead of the draft, where they're talking about how everybody's stock could change in the company. You think that was the right move? Well, considering the fact that I'm sure they still want to make Lacey a thing, I'm going to say it was the right move for them. And, you know, you can't have her, again, in a program with Becky and then have her go straight down. So yeah. I think it was. And Ember Moon, I mean, she was in the program with Bailey, but she I don't think anybody ever thought she was going to win that, unfortunately. No, I, I feel bad because she's an incredible athlete, but I don't think that we've been able to really not take her seriously, but really see her in that title picture. I just hope they don't beat her to the point to where nobody can ever take her seriously again. But you see that happens to so many people, though. And one of the people I actually want to mention today, when we, well, when you come across it, was EC3. I don't know what you thought about oh, that, but boy. yikes. We'll, we'll get to it. But, I mean, to be fair, a year and a half ago, Becky Lynch was getting beat by Mandy Rose on SmackDown in a singles yeah, match. Yeah, but here you go. Becky Lynch is the exception, not the rule. That's she true. has said this, okay? Beck, what Becky Lynch did to get her name heard, not everyone can do that, okay? Like, that's hard to do. Like, the, you know, obviously there's men that can't even do that. So for her to be able to build herself up, I think is an incredible thing, but it doesn't mean that everybody can do it. And it shouldn't happen to everybody. Uh, the, the the reason that Conor McGregor became a pay-per-view draw is because he won fights. And yeah, he loses fights all the time now, but he got there by winning, 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 and beating people convincingly. Joseph Farley says, Guess my time is now to give to the swear jar. Hashtag Nacho Libre. Hashtag SRS is super duper tall. Yes, I am. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Rob Wilkins says, Denise, congrats on your LCI award. That's what... It, Thank That's what you. I alluded to the other day. Congrat or earlier. Congratulations. Thank you. SRS, great crowd tonight on Raw. SmackDown is there tomorrow night too. Any word on Scarlett Bordeaux WWE? I just know that she had her uh, tryout. Uh, I don't know if she's been signed. It takes a while. And even then, sometimes I've heard of WWE telling people they're going to sign them, then just never getting back to them on their medicals, which is weird. Well. I would not want to miss the, sh the, the bow with Scarlett. Yeah. If I had Scarlett as a person that could potentially be part of my company, I would be doing whatever it takes to get her, to be honest. She's got the whole package and more. We have uh, WWE 24-7 stuff. Well, well, yeah, we'll go ahead and cover that. Why not? It, it's isolated. We see Lucha House Party, Drake Maverick, Mojo Raleigh, Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder come out chasing Carmella and R-Truth. Do you know why I'm upset about this? Why? Okay, so in Toronto, I was there after years and years of, like, pestering WWE. Hey, let me have some media access. Let me have some media access. They give me the junket, and I get to interview, like, 14, 15 people. R-Truth and Carmella are two of those people. Do you know the subject in which I discussed with them? The belt, the 24-7. Yeah, of course. And I said, hey, R-Truth, are you worried about Carmella coming after your title? And he goes, no, that's my dog right there. I had that in the can until next week. After no. six weeks, I was going to finally release no. it. But it's okay. That's I why you got to do it right away. Had, time yeah. is money. <laughs> had to. But, I mean, I had like 15 other interviews there. And Braun Strowman and Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston. All that stuff took stuff priority in. Oh. You should clip. You should clip it out at least that part and post it up. I've already posted it. I'm like to hell oh, with okay, it. I'll run mind. the articles and and edit them accordingly. But Carmella says that she's exhausted and can't keep running anymore. Truth hugs her, comforts her. He's a good friend, as he said to me. He said, "That's my dog right there. 
I am not afraid of her winning this championship. I trust her. Well, then she rolled him up and she won the title. But then he raised her hand and they hit the bricks. He ran out of there. So here's the thing. In character, was it planned or did she pull a fast one on him? No, I think it was like, it was a tactic, like, you know, a plan Mm -hmm. because she, you know, she went out there. She's like, I'm so tired, you know, people always trailing us and being behind us. But so it was kind of like she formulated this plan since, okay, I'm a woman and all these men are not going to want to attack me, but we're still a thing. So me holding the belt, you know, it's for us, you know, in a sort of way. And no one's going to want to take it away from me. But then obviously when the women came out, then it was a whole different story. So essentially they're back to square one. But I... I actually thought it was going to be the opposite thing. I thought she was going to convincingly get the guys to go away. And then she was just going to pull a fast one on him. Yeah. And I thought that's how she was going to turn. So I was expecting something a little different. So I actually liked the involvement of her having it. And then the women being like, all right, well, let's do this. Well, I'm glad to see Carmella back in action. That that woman is just ridiculously versatile. Everything that she has been given, she has made work. Everything. She's won... Two ladder matches. She's been like a battle royal winner at WrestleMania, uh, women's champion. She's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, good for her. And I don't, I don't know if I've discussed it with you. I mean, I remember when she was shoehorned into the Enzo and Cass act, and it didn't look like a good fit. You fast forward, she is far and away, in every measurable manner, the most successful part of that trio. Like, it's not even a debate. Merchandise sales, ticket sales, effectiveness, promo, all, all that, well, promos in WWE now because she's had more of them, and you don't get that sample size from Enzo and Cass anymore, and we don't know what's going to happen with those, those two, but she's made an incredible career for herself. Goes to say hard work pays off, right? Well, one of the things when I saw your tweet listing her accomplishments, and I went back and I thought, I was like, oh man, those are all true, that all happened, and if feel like it happened so fast though, like within the last couple of years and I didn't yeah. realize how much she had done until I saw it laid out in paper she's like I guess within WWE I would play that up in the draft too because she was I, I believe the last draft pick in 2006 quote unquote so I would play that up and like you know make it sound like like Draymond Green, he got picked in the second round. Nobody expected much out of him, and look at him now. He's an all-star. He's a perennial champion. He's he's an important part of the Golden State Warriors. You got to play that up, uh, especially with with Fox and all the the real sports aspects that they're looking for. Adding the stats and really pushing that—that's always been like my thing. Like even with with yeah. award shows, I'm like, dude, put some stats up for these TV shows and these movies and these actors. Stats, yeah. Want them, love them. I'm trying to get a little crawl to go across our, our screen eventually. I'm working on it. I'm still new, but it'll have some stats and stuff. Uh, backstage, Be- Becky Lynch is interviewed by Michael Cole. I really dig these sit-down interviews. Uh, it's short. It's to the point. I always hate when a babyface walks out to the middle of the ring with the mic and they're like, they whine. That's what always happens. They whine. At least if they complain, they've got Michael Cole prompting them to do so. It's a little bit different when you're asked a question, you answer that question. Uh, She said that Sasha Banks is on a hot streak and that's what she wants and that uh, she wanted to take Becky out. What do you think about this this, uh, sit down? 
to be honest, it was okay. I thought, wow, that would have been a good opportunity for Renee to shine a little bright, you know, yeah. since we all know that's her, like, her strong suit. So I kind of was thinking about that. I didn't like the part where Michael Cole was basically saying, like, oh, are you worried about Bailey being there? But it's like, it's a hell in a cell. So, yeah. you know, that kind of didn't make sense. And then Becky sort of addressed it afterwards. But uh, I thought it was, like, oh, it was it was okay. It was but okay. Like, I'm not going to say I was, like, in love with it. But I'm not going to say I didn't hate. I hated it either. They do really negate the point of that hell in a cell by even bringing up that somebody's going to be out there. I mean, that's the whole point. The whole point. That's a bummer. Yeah, instead really push that hell in a cell. You know, it was very easy. Just push that and there. Street Profits are doing their narration and Miz shows up just a few days after his kid was born. This guy just always shows up to work. Congratulations to Miz and Maurice. He then takes a shot at Mike Kanellis, but I loved how much of a pop him announcing the birth of his child got. That was very cool. I know. It was really nice. He then announces Hulk Hogan, who got booed. What do you think about that? Do you think that maybe they didn't think that he was going to get booed considering that it was the Street Profits segment, but even though it was Miz who made the announcement, do you think that had something to do with that? I don't know. I remember when he was still excommunicated from WWE and we had Jeff Hawkins on and Jeff was like, I think I know how they're going to bring him back at WrestleMania. And it's when New Day was hosting WrestleMania and it was going to be New Day bringing him out. And I was like, oh, God, they would do that. Fortunately, they didn't. They didn't. But it's interesting, though, because when Hulk Hogan does come out, he doesn't he doesn't get boos like yeah. like that. I mean, there, there some of them are there, but for the most part, it's not that heavy. Yeah, oh man. Uh, he announces Flair too. Flair gets a pop. You'll you'll have that. Flair uh, getting more WWE dates these days now that AEW is a thing, and because his son-in-law runs a convention, I'm not gonna say because of, but I get the feeling WWE is like, hey, here you go. I know uh, Starcast is gonna be in Baltimore. I know that. The Horsemen were big in Baltimore. Great American Bash, 1990. Lots of tie-ins there. Here's some dates, buddy. Well, I was confused because I was like, wait, the last time I heard, wasn't he upset about the usage of the man and the whole lawsuit thing? And I was like, wait, okay, what ended up happening with that? Because I heard about it, and then I stopped hearing about it. Well, not a lawsuit. He just said WWE should have cleared it with him or given him money or paid for it or whatever, and they're paying for it. (laughs) They're paying for it. There you go. In those dates, uh, Lonnie Barker says, How much of a super chat do I have to pay to get you to donate your hair to Locks of Love like you were supposed to? Hey, buddy, I'm still doing it. I don't have to, like, wait until the the very moment and then snip it off. Some people want longer than nine inches of hair, buddy. Grow it out. Grow it out. My gosh. But I've had people hitting me up on Twitter saying Jimmy should pay me to cut my hair. I, I might do that if I could conjure up uh, an extra donation out of that or something like that maybe maybe but but Lonnie for you for for your smart aleck comment $1,000 there you go <laughs> it's a good price there you go I I know that you did that you do the show with Sean Waltman and he said that like I think they offered him how much to cut his hair like five grand once and he was like I think so but I think his I know his advice that he has said on his show to people that are in a match like that especially in Mexico is get the money up front yes. okay 
Yeah, I always and, think about that. I'm like, that's so true. Gosh, I can't remember who ended up doing it, but I think that he even said that he said like ten grand, and it ended up. Oh, it's Kenzo Suzuki. That's who did it. So I had a local promoter uh, in Ohio offer me two hundred bucks to do it, and I was like, no, what? Yeah. No way. <laughs> oh, two hundred bucks. That is lame. <laughs> not, not a chance. Not doing that for two hundred bucks. Get out of here. So during the break, EC3 comes out and starts a we, tries to start a We Want Lana chant. The reason for that? Well, because Lana is brought up, uh, rather brought up because she is conspicuous by her absence this week and last week during Rusev's match. Rusev absolutely obliterates EC3. We'll talk about Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. That in a minute. What do you think of the sudden mentions of Lana on commentary? Well, they were mentioning her too last time when he was apparently the father. Uh... I don't know. I mean, with every with every little weird thing that's been happening with Maria and Mike, I mean, I would expect some weird, let's bring Lana in here and let's just make it really complicated. I don't know. Maybe some scandal will come out. I don't know. I feel like I can expect anything from it. So I feel like maybe that might be why they keep mentioning her. Yeah, and uh, then we got Rusev winning. That's good. I'm cool with Rusev winning, but... Uh, EC3, man, this poor guy. This Dude, poor okay. guy. Well, first of all, Rusev, congrats. Wonderful, amazing. He's looking phenomenal, as we mentioned last week. But EC3, I feel so bad. Like, you know, nothing has really come about. I remember when he first, uh, you know, when the news first came out that he was going to WWE, I remember when he came out on NXT, they put the camera on him, he's in the crowd, and oh, it's a real big deal. And then flash forward some time and later, and he's just there and it's insane to me because i'm like okay this guy has so much personality and charisma and has a great body we can do something with that and, and now it's almost like it's the same people that were running the show five years ago when he wasn't doing anything in wwe or six years ago however the hell long it was um man i mean this guy literally as soon as he got on tv after wwe became a star became a star was a star everywhere to the point where WWE was like, we got to have him back. We got to have him back. And then nothing. Just nothing. Man, that is a bummer. That unfortunate. is unfortunate. He, he's got it all. He, I mean, the guy, yeah. he's not cut. I think he's cut maybe half a promo with like Mandy and Sonya Deville backstage. And that was it. I don't even remember that. That should tell you everything. Oh, it's so sad. It, they should re legitimately move him to NXT if if they had to. He is, unlike most of the people on NXT, he is a monster, comparatively speaking, physically to those guys, and could fit in very well over there. And not, not just fit in, but he could stand out over there well. And that's the important part. And he doesn't get to do that here. Uh, but he did it's become WWE 24-7 champion last week for the second well, time. 
it's one of those things where, you know, you don't want to think, oh, this guy would be better in, you know, elsewhere, dare I say, AEW, you know, but it's one of those things where you're like, he would be better in AEW. And that sucks, you know, to say, because, you know, you're, you know, in the biggest promotion in the world, we want to see you succeed. But, you know, we have seen it where, you know, some, you know, some guy gets lost in the shuffle or he's being put down, whatever, but then eventually can come back to the top. So there is hope. And I have somebody saying, Rusev doing the same stuff as four years ago. What, winning matches? What's wrong with that? <laughs> he definitely doesn't look the way he did four years ago, that's for sure. So I'm sorry, but Rusev can do whatever he wants. He's pulling it out there. He's pulling yeah, it off. Yeah, I'm okay with it. He needed a renewed push. The guy kept getting over and kept doing cool things. Sasha Banks defeated Nikki Cross this match. Uh, it was a long one. Some really solid technical work here. Some arm drags and monkey flips. Uh, then uh, they do the old bam-bam bomb on the outside where they got somebody on their back and they drop down. That was a really good spot. Some good work in here. Sasha hits a really hard Meteora, works over uh, Nikki's leg. Nikki does a uh, body press to the outside, catches Sasha in the ring skirt, where I'm assuming that she attacked Sasha, but because of the, the shaking camera, I couldn't <laughs> tell what was going on. You're... You know, you deal with a lot of production stuff. You've you've seen a lot of things. Why does that still happen? I don't. I have no idea. Some people. I, I I really don't know, honestly, on that one. I but nobody likes a shaky cam. That's it. It's not artistic. No one likes it. it. Drives me nuts. I feel like I'm watching Cloverfield every Monday. It is nuts, nuts. Banks rolls through a body press and taps out Nikki with a bank statement. After the match. She does it to Alexa, too. Now, I said last week I want Sasha to beat some people up. And maybe I'm picky. Maybe I'm just picky. But I'm like, damn, the tag champs? After last week, we saw the every set of tag champs lose. I, I Like, I'm okay with Sasha winning a singles match, but I want to know your thoughts on this entire situation. I agree with you, by the way. I don't think Alexa actually tapped, though. Yeah, well, I mean... I don't think she actually did, yeah. which is like, you know, we can read between the lines yeah. for that one. <laughs> but, um, no, I agree with you, but it's one of the things that we've seen happen so often. I mean, Braun Strowman just did that last week with the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions. It's one of the things where they, you know, they're trying to build them back up, so what do you do? You attack the, the Tag Team Champions and try to go from there, and I feel like that's what we're seeing with, with, with what happened with Sasha. But, you know, not a big fan of it, but what can you do? And I had a report that, that came out this week about the revival. They had not signed new contracts as of their title win at Clash of Champions. And the thing that I had always heard that they were telling WWE was, we just want you to care about the tag team division. We want you, we want you to treat it right. I don't know if the way that they've treated it over the last few weeks, uh, Rollins and Braun winning after barely being a team, that that's okay. It's a main event title picture. Then... Ziggler and Rude beating everybody in the division in one match. That's rough. Them winning the titles right after, but then getting beaten right after that too. Alexa and Nikki getting beaten over and over and over again. That's rough. Then the Revival getting beaten every week. That's Tag team wrestling can be an attraction, can be a very good one. I believe there is talent there that rivals that of the days of the APA, the Dudleys, too We've cool. seen it. Yeah. We've seen it. The Uso, the, the Usos and, and, and the New Day. Yeah. 
I mean, come on, how many matches that were amazingly great for months did they have that were consecutive? So we know when they do it, they can do it wow, and they do have the t they do have the talent. It's just a matter of utilizing it. Do they have the personalities? Maybe not. That that's okay. It's okay to not have the personalities of Edge and Christian. That's fine. You're going to you're going to run into that from time to time, but man, uh, I want to see tag team wrestling both on the women's and the men's side treated better. That's why I was like, man, I wouldn't hate it if Lacey and Natalia became a team out of all of this. Wouldn't hate it. You have Natalia, excellent worker. Uh, Lacey, a little bit green. She could use the guidance. You've got the Kabuki Warriors. You've got Fire and Desire. For the love of God, I don't know if they're going to put Riot Squad back together or what's going on there, but Ruby's not back until January, so quite a ways to go there. It's just, uh, it's and very And they have the bouts. Make it a big deal, you know? Yeah. I, I was surprised that they didn't have a women's title, tag title defense on like the first episode or two of NXT. Because if you can cross those brands, why not do it? Why not just, right. why not have Alexa and Nikki face the horsewomen or somebody like that? Just, just to do it. Rob Wilkins says, Brutus the Barber Beefcake should cut Sean's hair at StarCast. Well, Brutus would have to get booked first, wouldn't he? <laughs> Up next, <laughs> we had Chad Gable defeating Baron Corbin via DQ. Now, Baron comes out with some altered music. He's got his, like, bearskin-ish type of, of robe, and he's got his, his new crown. It is, like, a more of a Game of Thrones-ish looking get-up. I kind of dig like that. Like a Billie Eilish type yeah, crown, there you, too. Yeah. There you go. Full disclosure, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I am just stereotyping and assuming. Me either. Okay, Don't feel good. Bad. Good. I was hoping I didn't get shamed for <laughs> We're that. We're part of that 0.01% of the world's left that hasn't seen Game of Thrones. Now, my question to you is, after you won your LCI award, did Chad Gable come and smash it? Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was expecting it. Uh, it's going to happen. Well, they ran this one back. Gable started out strong, got heaved over the barricade. We see Corbin working over Gable. Whatever these two guys have together, it gets the crowd going. Like, it, it's it's pretty weird. Like, they have some kind of chemistry that the crowd reacts to, Denise. It's working. Okay, so it's very interesting because, okay, on the first hand, the, the, I, I would say there's two types of Baron Corbin fans. Oh, or Baron Corbin, not fans. Okay, so there's people that, <laughs> A, don't like Baron Corbin. They know why he's there or don't know why he's there, and they can't stand him, etc. Then there's other people who love him because of how much he's hated, and they love the fact that he's hated. So they Troll love him. culture. So, there you go. Troll so culture. Those two types of people coming together. So you have a very different mixture and vibe uh, for Baron Corbin. And then on the other hand, you have Chad Gable, who people are genuinely excited to see, you know, pull a fast one on Baron Corbin. And I thought the finish made perfect sense, considering that obviously you can't have Baron Corbin lose his first match as, you know, King Corbin. And, uh, you know, you're building up this hype of maybe, you know, Chad Gable event get one over on him so people are excited and I posted this on Twitter nobody cares when people get beat down what like two weeks ago or a week ago when Seth Rollins got beat down nobody cared the crowd was silent but with Chad Gable people were chanting what were they chanting they were chanting holy shit so that should tell you everything like people 
are really behind this guy. And, you know, I felt that this week's match was a better version of last week's match. So, hey, it's improving. It's working. The crowd's into it. Even I'm into it. And had you told me, like, this was going to be a matchup, like, in a while, I'd be like, I could see it because I like Chad Gable and he has chemistry and he's really good in ring. But, you know, maybe I thought that I wouldn't have been into it, but I am. Well, whether you're into it or not, you mentioned Baron Corbin, Chad Gable, they got behind this guy. Whether you're behind a guy, a girl, you're looking at the lights, you're in the first round, you're in the tournament, BlueChew.com can help you out. If you want to go a few more rounds, if you want to go the full duration of the tournament, BlueChew.com, code Fightful, is there for you. Don't get knocked out in the first round. Don't get jobbed out. Don't do it. Kick out and keep going. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You've heard about these for decades. You've heard about them forever. They work. But now you can get them absolutely free using that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. They're prescribed online. They ship straight to your door. Discreet package. You don't have the mailman going, Wow, what's this? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean... If your mailman's into that type of thing and he finds out what you're taking, you might have a little bit busier of a schedule. I don't know what your mailman's into. I don't know what you're into. But BlueChew.com, Code Fightful is the way to go. Hit them up at Get Blue Chew. Or no, it's at Blue Chew, not at Get Blue Chew. They got the honest to God at Blue Chew these days. Let them know you heard about them from us. I was incredibly nervous doing this with Denise on the podcast. I've said this on Sean's podcast. I'm not a nun. I'm not a nun. I hey, girls want you to go all the way. Well, girls, men, it doesn't matter. We want our world rocked. And if you need Blue Chew to do that, then Blue Chew, by all means, get yourself some Blue Chew. <laughs> Are you sweaty? Blue Did Chew. BlueChew.com code FIFO. People are asking me to nail, name the mailman. Whoa, they see I'm stumbling. I'm stumbling. Oh, I don't stumble over these. Mailman. You can't snitch on your mailman. <laughs> Man, I should have cut that as Takashi and just snitched on everybody. That's what I should have done. Yeah, people are pointing <laughs> out that I was nervous. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, to be fair, I did cut like an hour long BlueChew promo on Anna Bauert's podcast. Like, she had me on her show, and it was just me talking about Blue Chew the entire time. But, hey, thanks to Denise for saving that promo and uh, showing me how it was done there. Top You're contender welcome. match. Rey Mysterio beats Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Nakamura, and Ricochet. Now, do I like Rey Mysterio's promos? Not really. I love the one he did with Dominic. I thought Dominic's was absolute garbage. But the way that they have crafted this... Over the last several weeks, almost like like a Rocky story where this guy, or Rocky Balboa, the one that came out like 10, 15 years ago, where it's it's the old guy hanging on, still trying to do it. I think this has been kind of a good story, and you've got Rey Mysterio, who is the ultimate underdog, kind of just creeping up behind Braun, behind Seth Rollins, behind The Fiend, and there he is next week with a title shot, Denise. Oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, I didn't think he was going to win. I thought it was going to be Ricochet. I was completely shocked when Ricochet was the first one to be eliminated. I did not expect that, actually. But with Ray winning, again, I mentioned this last week, we want to see him have great matches. He's going to have a good one with Seth Rollins. I feel it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, this run, I, I got to get whatever stem cells that guy's getting shot up into his knees. My Oh, my God. I've God. been looking into that. It's so interesting. It is nuts. I mean, this is the same guy that when he came out at number 30 a few years ago, just got booed out of the building because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. And now he's putting on some of the best matches of his life. Um, that being said, what in the hell was Ricochet saying? What that, I don't know. I that, missed that. That is not Ricochet. Well, you know what? Well, you know what I can prove to everybody is that superheroes are real. And oh, I, yeah. Oh, I yeah, am yeah, yeah. one. I yeah. am a superhero, guys. I sure am. Gosh, golly. I know that I can do 1280s off the top rope and somersault, moonsault, backflip, backbreakers. But by golly, I'm just a normal person. I know I'm chiseled out of granite, but what? gosh, I'm just like you in Omaha. I'm just like you. No. You're not Ricochet. You are a freak of nature that can do unbelievable things. Stop it! Cut it out! <laughs> I feel you on that. Nakamura gets some shine with some strikes. Zayn is, is obnoxious, but Ricochet goes on a hot streak, hits a spinning suplex in the recoil. Nakamura eliminates him first. Did that surprise you? You know what? A little bit. I actually, okay. So first of all, I gotta say that Shinsuke has has in terms of in ring work, he hasn't looked this great in months. Like he looked really, really good out there. He was moving. Um, so, but I didn't think that he would be one of the like the the final ones. So that was pretty interesting as well. But I was just really impressed with how he went back out there, and we kind of saw that we kind of saw that vibe that we normally like from seeing him in the ring. Well, uh, Nakamura was. Like, right up next, uh, I believe he got eliminated. Or no, uh, yeah, Rude was hanging around outside, and Nakamura got a hold of Rude. Styles hits him with a phenomenal forearm, ends up pinning him. But then right after that, Rude pins Styles. I was surprised that Rude even got a pin of any kind, but hey, good for him. I, I don't see anything coming by the way of singles in his future, but good for him. Yeah, he's one of those guys that we haven't really seen anything of in months. But when he's out there, you know why he's out there because what he's doing is good. And he looked great with Ray. Um, I love the way he took the 619. That was awesome. So, you know what? He went out there and, you know, we haven't seen him highlighted on the show, you know, that much. So he went out there and he did he did what he he knows how to do best. And I think that that's step one to really getting back up on that horse. I thought 10, 15 years ago, Rude was a real standout, especially considering a lot of the slow pace that we saw in mainstream wrestling back then. Today, I don't know if him in a one-on-one -on -one setting works, but in a five-way setting, in a tag team setting, I think he's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers I've ever seen. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that he had all those barn burner matches with, with beer money. And he, I think that he and Ziggler are going to be a good team if they stay together. But I, hey, I don't hate seeing him beat Styles here, even though I think that Styles maybe should have been protected. I think they could have got a little more heat out of this for Ray, as much as the crowd reacted, if it were him beating Styles, because Styles oh, is yeah. such a son of a bitch on this show. I think it would have worked. But Mysterio avoided the glorious DDT, 619, and the frog splash. Oh, Nacho Libre did it! Yay! Little old luchador. There you go. My oh gosh. my god, I'm still so mad about that. <laughs> They're gonna get Human Tornado to come out there as El Snowflake for him. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the only thing I know about that movie. I haven't seen that either, but uh, I'm a Human Tornado fan. It, you take what you can from it. It's okay. <laughs> 
So Rey Mysterio next week faces Seth Rollins. You've already said it. They're probably going to have a really, really good match, uh, especially Rey Mysterio this day and age. He, he does what he does, and that's going there and wrestle. He has that fantastic chemistry with Andrade, and then we we haven't necessarily seen someone pull special chemistry out of Seth Rollins, I don't think. We've seen some good matches. But that stuff was bro- with Brock was really good. I mean, yes. I felt hyped at WrestleMania, but it was Mania, and it was the opener, and there was a lot of factors that went into that. Yeah, and that's not like a match that we could, like, in a year from now, they can't pull that up and put that on a random Raw and be like, remember the barn burner these guys had? Because Brock ain't going to work Raw. I mean, maybe, maybe he will if they need the ratings real bad, but, like, I think that him and Seth could ha- Ray and Seth could have like some spectacular chemistry. And then six months down the line, we're heading into WrestleMania and they're like, Hey, remember that kick-ass match they had like back in September, October, we're going to see that again tonight. Um, Seth had his hands full tonight though, as he faced Braun Strowman one via DQ. This was Rollins getting his ass whipped early on. You know, I kind of feel like matches with Braun Strowman that aren't fast-paced, go, 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 big moves, weapons involved, don't really get over as well with the crowd. And so I didn't really feel like the match itself was, like, really, really exciting. What I really liked, though, was the post-match stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, Braun ended up getting worked over a little bit, super kicks and frog splashes. But... uh, as Braun was taking over, he mowed down Rollins. He was setting up for the, uh, the the power slam. And then the Fiends music hits, Denise. And it had been teased all throughout the night, like uh, Firefly Funhouse. But we didn't see that throughout the night. We just saw the clips like, hey, it's coming, hey, it's coming. We didn't actually see it, though. What do you think of the way that, that the Fiend was used tonight? He attacked Braun Strowman. Traditionally, it's been people who are going to hit the bricks for a little while, and and Seth Rollins. But what do you think? Uh, think about so, this one. Okay, so in terms of what I thought at the beginning of the show, I even wrote down. I literally wrote down this question on my notes: was who should win at Hell in a Cell? Because at first, I I went in thinking, okay, well, Seth's reign hasn't really been solidified, you know, as champion. But yet, Bray Wyatt is so hot. But then. After the show, with everything that happened, I was like, no, there's no more question. It has to be the Fiend Bray Wyatt. It makes perfect sense. It has to be now. You know, we've seen the boat missed a few times on when someone should become champion. And I feel that they have been really doing well with the Fiend. And they haven't really done anything, you know, wrong. So I almost feel like this has to be the moment for him to take the belt from Seth Rollins. And because, you know, with Seth Rollins, we don't. You know, he's no matter what, he's going to stay on that same spot on the roster. There's not really anybody that we can really see him like really going full forward. We've already seen what he can do. But with Bray, with with the fiend Bray Wyatt, there's so much that can happen. And with the attack on uh, on Braun Strowman, it kind of felt like Seth Rollins was an afterthought. The fans didn't really care about the Seth Rollins uh 
the fiend portion of this. They cared more about the brawn and the fiend portion of this. So I feel, I even tweeted this out. I was like, the seeds have been planted. This could be your WrestleMania match. Braun Strowman and the fiend Bray Wyatt. And you know, in between that, have a bunch of disposable matches. Hey, Finn Balor, the demon, bring him back. And then it was funny because I was like, okay, maybe to, you know, to keep building the fiend, they can have him defeat the demon Finn Balor. Yet, I know that the demon is, you know, basically all what Finn Balor has left. But I feel that we've already seen everything that we can possibly see with the demon. And that's why I think that a win over the demon could also help him solidify more. Not solidify, but basically help him boost even more. Like, hey, he took out Kane. He took out, you know, he took out Seth Rollins. He took out Finn Balor. And just from there, you know, really go into this match at WrestleMania, whether or not he wins or loses. And then it's a full circle because he was essentially the one who brought Braun Strowman in in the first place. So I feel that this can be like a full circle sort of thing. And Dude. That was, a, that was my thought that I was thinking about earlier. There's a lot of rich story to be told there. Exactly. And there's a way to bring some personality out of Braun, and I think he's got plenty of personality. Uh, for the love of God, he threw his feet up in the air to show me his Crocs on camera when I interviewed him last month. Like He was talking he's about how awesome. there is party shoes. He's, he's a great interview. He's, a, he's great in that. Yeah. And Bray is the opposite in that creepy type of way. And I think that just them going full bore destruction at WrestleMania, going through tables, barricades, everything, whether it be like a co-main or the main event, I think that works. I thought that Braun was the guy for a long time. Now I think that The Fiend is the guy, although he's not the same time. He ain't going to be like a John Cena. He's not going to be on Regis and Kathy Lee or (laughs) Kelly and Michael Strahan, whatever the hell it is these days. Yeah, Uh, Braun can do that. Braun can, can hold court like that. He was on an MLB show this week. He's, he's very good with that type of stuff. But, man, man. Yeah, like, I can't decide, like, you know, even if that match were to happen, who should – I mean, obviously it's going to happen eventually. But, you know, if he has the, the titles on the line, it's like I haven't decided who I think should win. But, like you said, you brought up some good points in terms of Braun Strowman would be that mainstream person to, you know, put a cross on, you know, And, and traditionally, Vince McMahon loves, as we call them here, sirloin beef sons of bitches – <laughs> People that are about 280 and above, chiseled out of steel. Speaking of sirloin beef, sons of bitches, there was an AOP promo that I overlooked a little bit. They, they cut their, their very similar promo, but then it cut to them whipping some asses backstage. That's cool. I want to see that. I want to see them beat people down. AOP versus the Viking Raiders. Someone Ooh. make that happen, please. I don't care when, just make it happen. That That is a true sirloin beef sons of bitches battle right there. Just throw them in the hog pen, let them run into each other, do whatever they can. I would love that. And uh, we've seen that, that AOP and the Viking Raiders, well, I can't remember their damn name. I can't remember if it's Viking Experience, War Raiders, War Machine, the, the War Experience. There's too many damn names. Yeah, but, I was uh, saying the War Raiders for like the longest, even after the name change. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've we seen it work. We've seen it work with them, and, and I'm ready to see. I, I just fear that they'll end up on different brands. That's what I think will happen. I think no, one will be on Raw, that. one will be on SmackDown. No, don't ruin it. If it's good and it's working, don't ruin it. Because WWE loves to do that sometimes. They just put people on different ones. Oh, man. Guys, I don't sh- think so. I'm going I'm to be hopeful here. I don't think so. Yeah. 
Guys, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Uh, Tuesday, we have the post-Smackdown show. Our uh, series finale of sorts of the Fightful MMA podcast, at least the midweek version, is Tuesday. It'll be going on hiatus for a little while. We have the Wednesday Night Wars podcast reviewing NXT this week. Then it moves to NXT and AEW next week. The list in your boy with myself and Jimmy Van. Jimmy's claiming he has some surprise, which, uh, Denise, I know you're unfamiliar with that, but it has ranged from bringing me to Toronto to do live shows to cardboard cutouts of Virgil. So, uh, it could be anything. his idea of a surprise. Oh, that sounds exciting. I wish I had man. a friend like that. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you have going on this week, Denise? Oh man. Uh, I think I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. I'm going to be covering uh, Bellator fight week this week. So that nice. should be really fun. So look forward to some great interviews, hopefully uh, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, but I will post a link up on my Twitter, which you guys can follow me at underscore Denise Salcedo and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Of course, make sure you guys uh, check her out on Twitter. Check out instinct culture. She does a lot of great stuff. Uh, which Bellator show? There's two of them. Is it the the one? The 28th. In, okay, the 28th. That is a pretty damn good card. Uh, that's the yeah. Pitbull Archuleta show. They got Henderson versus Jury this weekend in I think Dublin or something. But this weekend on Bellator, guys, there's uh, Leota Machida, Gegar Mousasi, uh, Patricio Pitbull, uh, Darian Caldwell, Corrales, AJ McKee, who you guys will know if you don't know him, Georgie Karakanyan. Uh, I always joke that Bellator loves to headline any show with a Pitbull brother. They are doing that this time. <laughs> so make sure you guys check out Denise's coverage. She's doing all ki- kinds of cool things. Uh, listen to me still stumble over myself after that Bluetooth promo. I was, that's the most, that's the only time I've been nervous doing a Bluetooth promo. Oh, ever. man. Ever. My God. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.